You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you could see it, it was so funny. Matt Matt's look picks up the phone, kind of looks at it. And I'm like waving my hand. I'm like doing this whole hand thing. We're doing it. Matt, welcome back, buddy. You're on the Wake Up Tucson Friday, show. Baby. It's this Friday. <laughs> Bert, baby. He's burnt at it by the time of this Friday. He needs he needs to relax this kid. So And then you bring me in. Way to go. <laughs> Major Mayhem's here. Scoot uh, closer to the dump button. You'll Sean, be fine. Sean McCluskey's here. Ring Con Ventures. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we all doing? And uh, Matt is uh Matt, did you did you get the premier tickets to get front row seats for Bernie Sanders tomorrow at the Tucson Festival of Books? Did you uh, Well I'm hoping they show up by the time I get home. I hope he brought his mittens. It's a little chilly though. I got those, my mittens. He, We're gonna wear the same mittens. I hope he brought the uh the mittens that he the famous picture. I got yeah. the, the I got the mittens the f- top four percent of the three percent of the mittens, and you know uh, people aren't paying enough taxes, so uh, Mr. Sanders, what what should be the uh, highest income rate? I think ninety four percent tax bracket would be just fine. You know, I really am a man of the people. I own five houses that are worth at least seven digits. I wrote this and- book while sitting at my lake house. <laughs> And proofread it on my private chat. Uh, Capitalism is bad. We, uh, as you know, Sean and I and Matt are all local food zombies. We love our local foods. We love our purveyors, our restaurateurs. We have, over the years, Food Friday. We've done it for probably 13 of the 14 years of this this little show, trying to showcase the local eats. Everybody's come in. It's been great. Yeah. It's been, uh, again, life's too short to eat crap food. And, of course, working with local restaurateurs who spend money with other local vendors uh, out there who, I don't know, kind of like, I don't know, employ 80% of the people in this town. Kind of a nice thing. And uh, one of our favorites, Ben Rhine, Divine Bovine. Good morning, gentlemen. Good Look morning. at you, young man. How are you doing? Oh, young. That's so nice of you. It's all <laughs> about your spirit. <laughs> you know, I, I'm and it, doing and it's wonderful. Ra- and it's radio. <laughs> yeah, you know, I even got dressed up today. I'm, I'm, I'm looking fantastic. I did my hair, um, brushed my teeth. I, yeah, I'm living life. It was so good to see uh, you at the racetrack opening weekend. I saw you. Absolutely. It's, you know what? It's Tucson. Go go support everything you can. And, and, and it was a good time. You know, it's it's fun to go out, see a lot of people there. The amount of people I knew who sh- showed up that weekend was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. I lost money. So well, nah, well, but you gained a, a, lots of memories. I did, I did. It, it, it was worth doing. You know, I'm, I've learned that I should not bet on the ponies. Well, just a little bit. Don't get too crazy. Well, well that's it. There's okay losing a little bit of money. That's all gambling for me. If I gamble, I'm going to lose. It's just life. Divine bovine. For people who don't know what a divine bovine is, shame on you. What is a divine bovine? Oh my. Um, <laughs> you know, we we are we're divine bovine by Rhine. Um, <laughs> It, we we're a premier um, burger restaurant. Uh, we we serve higher end burgers using the top quality ingredients, and you know we we've been around about four years now, and we we make sure that every day we're bringing in quality through the back door and quality out the front door. <laughs> what uh when you from when you first started this business to where you're at now? Because previously you were in the barbecue world. I, I did that a little bit, right? And Tucson, dear Tucson, we still need another barbecue Amen. restaurant. I just want to tell everyone just that. a couple. When mm-hmm. Dave Martin left, broke my heart. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. His white sauce was amazing. 
Um, but um, what have you learned now? Uh, ben, uh, when did you start with Divine Bovine? Uh, it was in 2019. Wow. Right? <laughs> it, it, it's been a fast four years. Uh, I've learned a lot going through the, the COVID experience, going through um, the supply chain experience. And I've, I've cooked my whole life. I've owned restaurants for 15 years. It, this has been the weirdest three years, four years of my life. Well, you had to make your burger travel, which Re- typically it's like a taco. It's got a shelf life of about three minutes before it falls apart. A- absolutely. That, that was one of our largest challenges in the beginning is people are like, we love eating it here, but switching to it to go model and that people are like, I get it home and it's turned into fork and knife food. Yeah. Um, but we, we've worked with finding a bun that works perfectly. We re-engineered how the burger is built um, so that it doesn't sog up our buns. And now, as you can see, I mean, I made these things a little bit ago and, and they, they hold up fantastic now. They look ma- magnifico. Yeah, yeah, they look good. Thank you. Thank you. Where, where's the bun coming from? Uh, so Frank Mendez uh, from Mendez Tortillas. Uh, I, <laughs> I know. Uh, you know what? I, I used La Baguette for years, uh, and then Norm retired. And, and that was my, my opportunity to go try other bakers, and I did. And You know what? He, him and his brother do this, and it's an incredible bun. It, it's probably my favorite one I've tried in all these years. It looks a little, I don't want to say brioche, but the outside looks brioche. That's shine on it. It, it is brioche. Um, it is, you know, we call it a brioche, but it, it sounds it's, like a Pokemon, brioche. It's a brioche. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to try them all. Um, it, but it has a little bit of that Hispanic bakery taste to it, um, which, you know, when you eat it, it's like, is that like a concha? Like it has that little flavor, but it is still light and fluffy, but sturdy. It toasts up nice. It's it's the perfect bun. I'm so happy we changed. Well, between your the care you take on your grind. Yes. Right? Because you've talked about, I think it's three different. Yep, it's cuts. chuck, brisket, short rib, um, and, and it, it's fresh, so there's no freezer. So everything's coming in bright red, flavorful. It, it tastes like beef. Uh, like it, like <laughs> it tastes I, like it's supposed to. It, it yeah. tastes like it's supposed to. People are, what seasonings do you use? Oh, Nothing. salt and pepper. Yeah. You know, that that's all you need. If you have quality, you don't have to dress it up, pretend it down, and go from there. Well, what's nice about your bun is it's holding up a, it's not a chintzy burger. If you've never been, you if you've been, you know. But if you've never been, it's not a chintzy burger. This thing's like a half inch thick, if not better. Oh, yeah. We, we do a half pound burger. Um, we don't do anything smaller. We don't want to do anything smaller. There's no smash burger. There's nothing like that. I want my burger to be hearty. I want to be full when I'm done eating it. Plus, I like my burger medium rare. And you can't do that on a smash burger. Not, not that I'm bashing the smash burger. They're delicious. But mine's better. <laughs> yeah, true. True story. Um, I think the other thing, too, with your... Um the the um, I was, talking, I'll, I was ask you guys before we go to break, and then we'll come back. Ground beef at the supermarket right, hey. is tasting like nothing lately. I feel like there's, I mean, they they have squeezed every ounce of an innate beef flavor out of ground beef lately. Oh, absolutely! It's it's not the same. <laughs> I don't know where they're getting it from. Where are you buying it at? Well, I'm just I'm just that, I, that's I, part I, of I'm the just problem. saying that's part of the part problem. Of the, G- generic. I, I, you know, if I, I go to Kent, I'll get some at the sausage shop because he's grinding at least fresh, sure. the kind of thing, right? But if you're stuck at a, so where should I get it at a supermarket? Out of the three that we have available, yes. In order, it should be Bashes, then Safeway, then Fries. Unless your fries is better than mine, but my fries is horrible. No, fries sucks. Fries sucks. They do. So, but 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 the trick is, just go to the butcher. Be like, hey, give me that chuck. 
grind it up for me. They're going to look at you funny, kind of be like, but they'll do it, and then you have a delicious ground beef. Uh, You'll pay a little bit more. The guy at Safeway, there's one guy back there that he will do anything for you. Right? That's what they should. I love that guy. It it is true. You do have to ask. Yes. Right? For that. So for me, like, in the old days, like, if there's some sort of, like, before crab legs became $88 a pound. Right when they were semi reasonable, oh, right? Yeah. But they would have them in the in the case, right? And I would say, "Hey, can I just get the ones frozen out of the box?" Yeah. And they're like, "The couple, like, well, well, no, they're right here." It's not the same, right? I don't want the ones that have been thawing out, free frozen, thawing out. <laughs> Absolutely. I want the Arctic stuff in the back right now. Yes. <laughs> I want giant icicles on it. <laughs> Correct. All right, seven fifteen in the morning. Sean McCluskey, Ben Ryan from Divine Bovine. He's on Wilmot and Speedway. Right behind the Beyond Bread uh, over there, and the battery, the battery place still there. The battery place is there. They're there. never going away. <laughs> what's your website? Uh, DivineBovineBurgers.com. And what's your hours of operation? We run eleven to eight, seven days a week. Beautiful. All right, let's. Uh, we'll come back with one of our favorites, Ben Ryan from Divine Bovine, Sean McCluskey, Christy Simone, Ashley is coming from the U of A racetrack program that, of course, supports. Uh, this thing called Rito Racetrack, which uh, races again. Weather's going to be great this weekend, so I'm going to be quiet. Joe Satriani's playing. This is a sin for me to talk. Wake up. All right. Wake up, Tucson. Food Friday. You're on the loose, Chris. Oh, we are way on the loose with the hamburgers today from Divine Bovine. I don't know if you heard, there's a traffic incident at Grant and Albernon. What? No. Just thought I'd share that with you. Shocking. Is it a car thing, or is it like a naked it dude running around the street it, it thing? It wasn't very specific. Cracked out zombie <laughs> in the middle of the street, rolling around naked. That's happened to me three times this week. God bless Grant and Alvernon. <laughs> I think we got to come up with the shirt, right? We have the Grant and Alvernon shirt that they had, right? Yep. We need to do one with like a map uh, and with all the major, just like little, little push pins on the map of... People got really upset about that Grant and Alvernon shirt. <laughs> but, I mean, all good jokes have a little bit of truth in it. Absolutely. No, mm-hmm. it's... Wasn't that where the former that's... mayor's wife got so petrified in her car with her flat tires she had to call 911? Oh, God, I wish I remembered that. Rothschild's wife? No, no, no. One more before that. Oh, Useless oh, Republican. There you go. When remember, Mrs. Walkup, she was at the bus stop right there at the corner of Grant and Alvernon, I believe it was. And that's a shady bus stop right in front of the Circle K. That the, bus stop is legend. And the oh, clothes, yeah. everybody. <laughs> and she had a flat tire there, and she called 911 because she felt unsafe for her uh, life inside wow. of her locked car. I mean, we've had some good uh, people with you know the power of video on your phone, right? We've had the two guys fighting each other there. We've had that... Very large woman in the bikini. Uh, How did the, I miss that? Oh, TMZ Tucson yeah. on your Twitter page. Or uh, What's Up Tucson usually has those. So thank you very much. Uh, let's go over this amazing uh, buffet. Well, let's talk about the new burger, the mistake. Oh, you're the, the accidental. It's not called the mistake. Well, at the accidental, <laughs> the accidental blessing in disguise. That's the best thing you've made. Oh, my. It is one of those things that we, we didn't plan on. It was a... a it was a whoops, and it is wonderful. <laughs> it, I, I, yeah, it is not healthy, but who cares? Like, well, it's good for your soul, and that's all that matters. It's healthy in moderation. You just can't have one every three days. That that is correct. Um, I mean, you can, and we're, we're <laughs> open to it. It's good for your soul, like a Maya Angelou poem. That's, that's what we like to say. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we we tried to come up with a classy name for it and <laughs> failed miserably, so we left it at uh, OMFG. <laughs> and uh, it's it's wonderful. So so we have this onion bacon 
um, dressing. We call it a goop, but it, it's really a dressing, and it, it covers both Don't the buns. Don't say goop, you'll get sued by Gwyneth Paltrow. She has her goop company, so just watch out. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> then it is a sauce. <laughs> Thank um, you. Our homemade so sweet hot sauce. pickles. Oh, it is a goopy sauce. It is delicious. Um, crispy cheese on there, um, sweet chili bacon, roasted peppers, a little bit of reduced balsamic. Holy it's, crap. It's so much flavor. Like, you watch people eat it in the restaurant. They, they pick it up with this look of, like, what did I get into? And then they take that first bite, and they're just like, oh. You see, like, their muscles relax. <laughs> but but you can't put it down because it's so goopy. And they just devour the whole thing, and they look at you like, what did you do to me? So Sean was referencing that you were making – you it was a mistake. You were making, you were making what, broccoli slaw, you said? Yeah, I was making broccoli slaw for my family outing. And <laughs> – because, <laughs> you know, I, I really like broccoli slaw. It turns something healthy really unhealthy. And There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, it's how I roll. And and I like uh, broccoli slaw. I mean, it's a good, it's a good side dish. It's delicious. And uh, I had some of the gravy, the, the, the goop left over. And I was like, I wonder what this be like on a burger. So I slapped a big blob of it on a bun and... You know, we we don't eat whole burgers in the restaurant. We'll cut them in quarters and let the staff all have a little bite. And everyone who ate it was like, what is that? I need more. <laughs> and, and we're like, all right, well, it's going to be the next burger. And after a little conversation, this is the monster we came up with. And it's uh, like, I'm just looking at it and salivating. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and you only have, this is only, this is just for a week more is going to be the burger of the month. Yeah. We, you know, we, we run our specials for, I don't know, three, four weeks, depending on how they do and how creative we feel and, and what's going on in life. So this is the Omfig OMFG? That is exactly it. Okay. And, and God bless it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the Brussels sprouts. You got to go to the Brussels sprouts. Wow. Um, you know, for people who want to pretend to eat healthy, that is what you should have. Um, we, we flash fry them in our wonderful peanut oil. We mix them with uh, uh, homemade spicy honey and a little bit of bacon because, you know, that's what Everything's we do. better with bacon. Yep. And, and, we, you know, I know ranch is very cliche, but... We make our ranch from scratch, and so That's it's different. not it's not a packet, it's not a gallon. It, it's pretty luxurious dipped in our ranch. It's thick, it's creamy, it's fresh herbs, it's delicious. The um, the thing about the Brussels sprouts, right? It's just it's twenty years ago, everyone hated a Brussels sprout, right? Well, because your mother steamed the crap out yeah. of it and gave it to you with a little bit of oh, butter, a little salt, and bush, and, and, and try this. Little I still of, like those. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I don't. Uh, at home, I, I, my ba- bacon's usually eighty percent of any Brussels sprout I'm making. Sure, nowadays, right. And I've gotten the I've gotten Kent to get his jalapeno bacon, cut it thick, oh, right. Slow finish, render. Do it on the pan. Take the bacon out. Leave everything leave else the in grease. there, and then yeah. cook those suckers oh, yeah. back in there. Yeah. Chef's now, kiss. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> I got you know, a little <laughs> secret for you. Take your Brussels sprouts, cut them in half, soak them for 20 minutes in a little bit of salted water, rinse them, throw them in your air fryer for about four minutes, get that crisp on them, then throw in the bacon grease, and holy oh. sweet Jesus. I, th- I thought you were going healthy here. You're well, like, I hey, found a way to make them delicious No, no, no. They're just tasty. <laughs> and then a little balsamic reduction over the top, and you're in heaven. You Put know, Chris, I, I follow your food Instagram page. Like, I, I watch <laughs> all of the posts that you make. I'm like, oh, that man eats well. <laughs> You know, it's 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 part of my relaxation of cooking. My wife cooks, my kids cook. 
It's just part of our thing, man. It, you know what? Eating good food's important, and I think people forget that the, the main three things in life is, you know, eat really good food, sleep in a good bed, and be married to a good woman. Right. Amen. Yeah. I got all three of those. I'm, you, I'm happy. You don't have to be married to a good woman. You just need a good woman. The uh, This last one I made, which is the pork tenderloin, right? So I did. I took the pork tenderloin, cut it up, you know, into kind of medallions, we'll call it, right? And then I just put in a dry rub of a variety of chili and other things on it, right? And then basically cued it up, but then I did make like a little lime o- uh, olive oil chimichurri thing and dr- drizzled that off with on the on the pork. It was it was amazing. Yeah, keep keep food simple. People try to overplay it, but if you take fresh quality, mix it up, do it right, you can make delicious food. Again, my see my thing at your place that I love uh, as a topping. It's very simple. It's the sherry on- buttered onions. I was going to say those onions. Those right? onions are sinful. You know what? You, you just take something, you make it a little bit better. We go through a lot of sherry wine. I bet. Yeah. I cook with sherry all the time at home. It, it's wonderful. A little slightly sweet, but not really sweet. It adds a flavor that if you don't know what it is, you're just like, oh, those are really good. Yeah. I don't know why, but they're really good. Gives a little tang to the onion. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. All right. Matthew, watch your time. Uh, you're on the Wake Up Tucson show. So Divine Bovine, it's on the southwest corner of Wilmot and Speedway. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love the show. Always love talking food with Ben, man. He's like one of our favorites to talk food with. So I love food. Well, he's normal. He's perfect. You know what it is? He, uh, has, he has fun with it. He's normal subjective. He Thank thinks you. intelligently about it. Yeah. And he gives a damn. All, all of those matter. Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn how to build the burger like you said to make a travel, and you did that. Keep, keep it simple, stupid. Amen. All right, my friend. God bless. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you. All right, Ashley's here from the U of A uh, Racetrack Program. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 Voice, local news and talk. All right. Little ZZ Top bringing us in at 734 in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Matt's eating his divine bovine burger for breakfast. Delicious. The guy does it. No <laughs> screwing Absolutely. around. That's Sean McCluskey. We have our friend Haley. She's making a return visit. She's with the University of Arizona Racetrack Program. Haley! Hello. Good morning. Welcome back. We, 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 I'm glad we, we scared Mike away, but not you from coming <laughs> back. So. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to tell him you guys said that. So you're the assistant racetrack manager there. Oh, yeah. How's it going out there so far? Amazing. Handles up. Crowds are massive. We're averaging... Two to 3,000 people a day. I mean, minus Sunday because of the rain, but still, thank you for coming out if you did. There's still a lot of people there. I mean, every Sunday night we have the band and everyone's dancing two, three hours after the races. I mean, it's a party. We are loving the atmosphere here. Grant, um, Clubhouse has been sold out almost every day. I mean, it's just... Tucson is happy to have Rito back. What's your favorite part of being a assistant racetrack manager? What's the kind of the the details of the job you enjoy? Uh, I just like being around the horses and making sure all the races go smoothly and helping out with anyone that needs it. I mean, I got 20 students I manage from the U of A, and, you know, they put their heads down, they do their jobs, and they make my life easy, so... But I just like I just love being around the horses and enjoying horse racing for what it is. Love it, Sean. You were there a couple of weeks ago with the, the two fam. weeks ago. Yeah, with the fam and the, and and your crew. It was a blast. We had like fourteen people show up. Uh, took over three tables in the grandstand, and then met. Oh, I don't know half of Tucson. It was yeah. like everybody. I you were there. Uh, Mark was running around. Um, 
uh, mayoral candidate Ackerley was there. Um, former candidate uh, Val Romero was there. You had a bunch of my friends there. Two tables over from us, more of our friends. So it was just one hell of a party. Yep. It's a good time. And it's reasonable. Uh, it's no more expensive than going to your local pub or tavern to get a beer and a burger and something to eat. The food was great. Uh, El Rustico was there. Got to see them. Mark brought over some nachos. They were amazing. And the horse racing was fun. I didn't win anything, but I had a hell of a time. So it was a good time. So I, I, we see a little bit of a trend, uh, and I've talked about it with the boys a little bit, that there, it seems to be more out-of-state uh, horses are starting to get shipped in as we move through this. Are we seeing that? that yeah, something? we got a lot of horses in from uh, New Mexico and California. I mean, okay. we still have the locals. The Phoenix horses come down, and we have our own little... We have 190 horses on site in that little itty-bitty barn area, for those of you who know how big that barn area is. Sure. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of horses come from come from out of town. So uh, after this season's over, what happens with Haley? And and you you did you graduate already? Or are you going? To, you graduated already? I graduated right? in December. Yeah. So this is like first job out the gate. Like I graduated and a week later. Mike's like, guess what? You're hired. Sweet. A <laughs> uh, lot of things are up in the air right now. Sure. There's a lot going on with Arizona horse racing. There a lot is. of tables are turning. A lot of things are shifting around. So, so we're going to kind of kind of see what happens there and kind of play the so play let, to that. Let's go through those details a little bit. So the it sounds like the gentleman who owns Turf Paradise who basically has ran the place in the ground but is making lots of money on the off-track betting. So that's what makes it worthwhile for him. Uh, sounds like he's sold to a developer. And it's going to take a year or so or two to get that kind of cleared out. So Turf Paradise might actually just totally shut down. So that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Santa Anita kids bought Arizona Downs up in Prescott. Yes, those are those are the rumors that are circulating around and right now. And so there's the opportunity for them to possibly invest real dough into Prescott and actually make that kind of a Arizona regional hotbed of horse racing and you can't find a nicer place to race than prescott prescott is my home i love it i love that track i spent last summer there and i would love to go back there that's why i said like we're kind of playing the tables kind of seeing or we can get you a real job at churchill downs or something but okay just because i have those (laughs) job opportunities doesn't mean i want yeah just yeah no (laughs) so and then and that's also part of this the future of rito Right is what does what happens to Rito if horse racing goes away in Phoenix, right? And then Prescott becomes a little bit of a hotbed. Is there an opportunity to grow this thing, right? And then where do you do it, right? So for me, I love the location of Rito Racetrack. It's perfect. It's the perfect place in relation to the horse people who come up from either Mexico or the south side or the southwest side of town to access it. But then you have the people who like to fill the grand the, the clubhouse and spend money from the foothills. Uh, it's accessible from both ends of this spectrum. You've like you said, you got the south side coming up. You've got the northwest and northeast coming up. So you got it's the east like side. three miles from the university. Yeah, not bad for you guys. Yeah, because there's there's a horrible rumor that they want to move it out to the Pima County Fairgrounds. Out oh, why? Which would ju- I? Which to me, would, it's an hour away from my house. I'm never wh- going again. That's the problem. Okay, but Rito, the facility is like 80 years old and so? it's historical, it's and we love it. We love Rito, so to move <laughs> it out of there would be just 
devastating. Now, can you expand the the season, if you will? Because right now you guys stop what April nineteenth or is it seventh? Second, April second. Yep. Uh, that is up to Pima County. So Pima County, if you're listening, we would love to extend our race meet. Again, <laughs> it, it's it's the idea, right? That you've had a, a, a th- th- there's been no reinvestment on the track. Right? Yeah, but from, if but if from, Phoenix closes right. and Prescott kicks off, now you've got Northern and Southern, and you could combat, you could you know play off each other, and you could make it a year round thing. Because it's if you're pulling three thousand people, what else in Pima County is pulling three thousand people a weekend? Well, we've talked about it, right? So and handling three hundred thousand dollars a weekend in betting. And so in the end, so it's you. We always say this: U of A football, U of A basketball, U of A girls basketball. Right? They 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 do at least three thousand every sure. time they open the door. Absolutely. After that, gets pretty thin. Does the are the Roadrunners getting three thousand a game? Close, right? Close. Um, U of A baseball probably fifteen hundred or so. Right, you know, so not, not really big numbers, big big numbers. I mean, you need you have to have a concert or something downtown at uh, the TCC. But what's the last event that was at TCC? And horse racing is again the greatest cross section of Tucson society of any of those. You want from every income and every demographic out there goes to Rito. Yeah, because what is a general admission ticket? I think it's ten dollars. So ten bucks to get in, and you can take your kids and they can go see horses. Kids are free under twelve. Yeah. yeah. So. But you can take your kids and go see the horses. It's a good day. Look yeah. at the pretty ponies. <laughs> so I what, like the gray one. What, what's, yeah. what's going on this weekend at, at, at the at the Rito Racetrack? So for our University of Arizona Tucson alumni, we have the Peter Sellen Memorial Happy Minute Stakes on Ooh. Saturday. Wow. So big our one of our biggest stakes races is kicking off this weekend. Oh, very cool. And that's tomorrow or Sunday? Uh tomorrow. Okay. So we're really excited to have that in. I will be doing the trophy presentation because Doug Reed, our former racetrack industry program director, cannot make it. But so he's like, you get to present. I'm like, awesome. All right. Don't drop the thing. Okay. I won't. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it before. I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway, keep doing the good work. I love being out there. I love watching what you guys do. I love the mix of the, you know, the, this whole crew from, Mark on and the crew on the what they're doing to what the students are doing and then what just the people who own the horses. It's such a good such a good dynamic. So keep up the good work. That's all I can tell you. We love it. The students love it. I mean, every year we look forward to Rita opening its doors and getting that experience and I thrive on the experience it gives me and I'm doing all sorts of things. Uh, so in the morning, so I'm not only my like assistant general manager and running in the office, I also pony race horses in the morning and assist with training. Wow. So I'm out there horseback trackside watching everything. And then if you've been at Riedo the last two weeks, you will notice we have added a horse that comes out and does a color guard during the national anthem. That is me and my little horse pony. Uh, what's the name of your horse, Pony? Pony. Oh, his I got name it is Pony. Got it. Because <laughs> he's so little, and he was the pony horse, so All I right. just shortened it to Pony. How uh, how how many hands is this uh, creature? Uh, he's probably fourteen, three, fifteen hands tall. So okay. he's he's not massive, but okay. he's he's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, keep up the great work. We love what you're doing. I'll be out there probably Sunday. Sunday I'll be out there. So. But, Sweet. Uh, Looking gonna, forward to it. going to be beautiful weather. Gates open at 11, first race at 1. Oh, yeah. And Come it's a really out. good time. Yeah. It really is. All right. Haley, 
go back to work. You got to got some stalls to muck. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> I got racehorses to pony and stalls to clean and office stuff to do. So I'll be at it all day getting ready for tomorrow. Good. The 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 efforts are are are, are paying off. So <laughs> thank you. Great seeing you. will see you tomorrow. I'll see you on I'll see you on Sunday. Sounds good. See you then. All right, that's Haley. She's one of our uh, racetrack program graduates. Who uh, you know next year you'll be seeing her over at uh, Churchill Downs. I'm thinking working over <laughs> there. So. All right, Sean and I are going to now ruin the show by talking about, I don't know, well, government politics, but also other things. We yeah, talk food. We'll give it a run. We'll do it all. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th through the voice, local news and talk. 747 in the morning, Chris Vismo and Sean McCluskey, Rincon Ventures. How we doing? We're, we're, having a, we're having a time and a half. It's a Friday. Matt's almost done work, and he's got another hour and 13 minutes that he can punch out. A little bit of a food coma. <laughs> Got his food coma going. Sleeping through it. Uh, Ash, uh, Haley was just telling me that uh, that Cody's Wish, that horse that she talked about the last time with Mike, this is the one where uh, he connected with this uh, young man who had uh, lots of physical problems in a wheelchair, paralyzed, and he won his race at the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, last year. And it was very kind of some, it was something out of a movie, and they weren't sure if Cody's wish was going to run again. They're going to stud him, and she said uh, that they made the decision that uh, Cody's wish is training and is will be uh, hitting the track again uh, this season. So we'll uh, we'll give you the uh, Cody's wish updates as we move through the weekly or the biweekly, I should say. How's the world of uh, Rincon? How's rentals? What's what's give, give us the McCluskey market report? Uh, let's see. Rates went up by about a half a point, so they're at six point almost six now. They were at six point one last week. Going Na- up. National average. I don't know what's going on. Nobody does. <laughs> um, which is weird too, because we put four houses under contract in the last three days. Where's the market pressure coming from? Is it retirees? I mean, who's coming here for God's sakes? That's putting the pressure on first-time home buyers. Um, you still have a lot of those. They're 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 probably making the most biggest uh, monumental gains in the market, if you will, because there's more for them to gain right now. They kind of got closed out of the market when the things were stupid hot because you couldn't get any assistance, you couldn't get any help for the first-time buyer. Now houses are sitting on the market a little longer, so the first-time buyer can come in, ask for concessions, and that's just it. Sellers aren't lowering their prices. Um, a lot of them are scared to death to sell their house because they have a two point three point rate, and they're looking at a six or six and a half, and they're going, "Whoa, my payment's a little higher than it should be." Sure. And the first time home buyer, they don't know any better. I mean, think about it: two thousand three, two thousand four, we were buying houses and we were in the sixes then, and they were palatable. However, home prices then were a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, not three, four, and five hundred thousand. So you know you can afford a twelve hundred dollar mortgage. You really is a, is a twenty six or thirty two hundred dollar mortgage affordable? That's the question. And some of the people that are out there, they're making the money and they're they're doing that. I've got a buyer right now. She's a young lady. She's buying her first time home home, and we asked for six percent concessions. So we're going to buy her rate down to get it more affordable. Uh, and the seller was amenable, which that's you just kind of have to find the right guy. Um, some houses are sitting ninety to one hundred and twenty five days. And so at that point, you've paid four mortgage payments. You're not living in the house. Let's give a little. Um, it doesn't really affect their sales price, which is nice for the neighbors, but it does affect their, their pocketbook or their overall net because they are giving up some of the concessions. But we're seeing, I mean, there, there's there been such a jack up in the value of homes over the last so many years that if you've been in the same house for the last at least several years, even if you come back, you're, you're coming off a little bit due to the concessions. Yeah, you're not coming off enough. I mean, you're not coming off. You're not losing anything. Yeah. You're still making 150, 200 grand easy, um, and it's all across the board. 
What about the on the rental side? We're talking about rents. What are rents looking like? So you have all this new building. Uh, you got a lot of apartments coming up. The apartments are getting 30 square feet smaller, and the rents are going up by 45%. Yikes. So the building, your space gets smaller, and it, rents get larger. Um, near the U of A, they're still astronomical. You're looking at seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a bedroom. Um, in the outskirts, you're looking anywhere from six to eight hundred dollars a bedroom. Okay. So it's not that U of A isn't that much off the current market, and you're not getting as much of a premium on the U of A stuff as you're used to, due to the towers and whatnot. But then the towers suffer after about year two. If you've lived in the towers for two years, you're like, I need the hell out of here. And then they come and they rent stuff from us and Studwell and everybody else. The uh, yeah, the tower experience I think for especially because to make it reasonable, right? You're you're doing a per bedroom rent. You just take that word and flush it down the toilet. There's nothing reasonable about twelve hundred dollars, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a bedroom. All right, let me, let me, uh, to make it not so punch you in the facey. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's. But if you're a California kid and you're coming here, your parents are used to paying the accelerated numbers, and they're okay with it. They don't realize that five blocks away from there, they can get a whole house for two kids, and they can have a four bedroom house and pay the same money. Right. So, and then you get a kitchen and a common area and a bathroom and actually like a living room. You don't have to share it with nine hundred kids. I don't know how moving day works in the dorms in the in the in the towers because how do you schedule the elevator? Yeah, it's got to be a nightmare. We have 40,000 kids moving in, and I, you, come on. And you're, you know your mom from California is not walking up 13 flights of stairs with your luggage. So in the, an- in the ancient days of going to school, NAU would say you just need to move in anytime between, I don't know, five days beforehand and then the start of school, or you check in after school, but we, as long as your check cashes, they don't care, right? But now they give you, they, they, they supposedly are giving you the window. You right? get times, yeah. Right? You have the, to move to in these days, happier. this time. I've, I figured that doesn't actually do anything either, so I just... Well, you, no, you, you get 10 people to show up at 10 o'clock to use the elevator because we'll get there early and get done, and you're, <laughs> now you're waiting two hours to move stuff up the elevator. That sounds like a good time. So in the world of making your house, um, like the basics of making your house attractive to be rented and or sold, right? So we know old kitchens don't have like Flooring and kitchens and bathrooms. That's Those are your things. If you have weird colored paint, that's always a tough one. Um, you know, you can't have pink and blue bedrooms and then have a family of four boys move in and who gets the pink bedroom. Right. You know, that, that never plays well. Plus, the colors on rentals are really hard to touch up. You want to kind of keep it basic. Um, we use Sherwin-Williams Swiss Coffee Promar 200. That's pretty much the paint that we use on all of our rentals because we can touch it up. So that's the thing. You have a rental, you have to have a product of paint that you can touch up because if it gets sun faded or it's the formulary changes, and that happens like your house, I could not match a, a wall in your house unless you recently painted it because right. all the paint in your house is archaic. They don't even make it anymore. The right. formula's changed six times since you painted your house last, inside and or out. Right. So you can't touch it up if you can't find it. You can't find the product. And then we had supply chain shortages. Like, And you thought it was bad for refrigerators <laughs> and everything. You should try to get some paint. Really? It's, oh, yeah. And then you think ACs went up a lot. The cost of paint itself tripled last year. Three times. They had a 300% price increase. Who knew? And it's just ridiculous. But the key there is uh, on rentals is to have nice, touch-upable paint. Whether what color it can be, you can do an accent wall uh, like a light gray or a brown or tan, whatever, and then paint the rest of the house like I said, Swiss coffee white, and make it just work. And that way you can come in year after year. You don't have to paint corner to corner of the whole room. You just touch it up and blend it in. 
It also saves your tenants when they move out. Um, are there any other kind of features out there or like, uh, how about the world of Wi-Fi? How is that in relation to, you know, rentals or what, what, how does that play into most people come in and they do their own stuff, um, and they'll do the nest or whatnot so that they get full coverage in their house and that kind of thing. Um, most systems cover everything unless you're really gaming or gaming hard, then you might need to boost, boost or something. But most part, I mean. I live in a 3,000-square-foot house. You place your router in their central spot, and the whole house gets Wi-Fi. I get it in the backyard. I get it in the front yard. I get it everywhere. Um, so that's easy to obtain. The Some of the keys that you – some of the things that you want to do in your homes if you're going to rent it and you want to make, make it more um, attractive to younger folks, have USB outlets, have the automatic lights turn on, turn off, the Nest or the so, uh, uh, EcoBee. When you talk about automatic lights, you talking about on the exterior? No, on the interior. You walk into the bathroom, the light turns on. You walk out of the bathroom, the light turns off. Gotcha. It's a little switch. It's about $13, but it makes a difference. Um, it just we're shows so, a more so, modern home, if you we're will. We're so lazy, we can't actually flip the switch. The decorative... We can, <laughs> let's talk about flipping the switch. So U of A students, this is a good one. Now I'm going to digress here real fast. Good. We love... When you digress, we get in more trouble. So, you know, we all have the decorative switches. You push the top and the, the light goes on. You push the bottom and the light goes off. Now, the old, old school, the toggle switches... Kid walks in. He's a U of A grad student. He's about 24 years old. He looks like he needs a protractor and a, a pocket protector. I mean, he's just got that Urkel look to him. Nerd! Oh, we, did, we did film that here. <laughs> so he uh, he walks over to the lights, which he goes, I, I know my electric's on, Sean, because I plug the clock in and the clock works, but I can't figure out the lights. None of my lights work. I'm like, we just had maintenance go through there. All lights are checked. All lights, everything works. He's like, I had TEP come out. They said my power's on. I said, great. Everything should work. He goes, I can't get the lights to come on. I said, I'll be in the area in about 20 minutes. Oh, I'll come by. He was pushing the top of the toggle. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, I, and I looked at him, and we had a new, newer toilet in there, and it had the flush. Or it didn't have the two little buttons on top. It had the flush handle. I said, hey, same concept on the toilet. you got to push it down, and, and it, it'll make the stuff go away. But you have to flip the light switch, not push the light switch. Grad student, going to U of A, probably invested, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 grand in his college education and can't work a light switch. Good luck for the future of our country. Hopefully they'll make bombs for the country one day. Without uh, light switches. The, <laughs> no switches on a bomb like that. Uh, no toggles on a bomb. Um, what are what are some things that people are putting in the houses that are just over the top that you don't really need to do, but they seem there seems to be a trend? Oh, the newest trend is having a dog washing station in your bathroom. It's like $7,000 from the builder. <laughs> and it is a, it'd be great for the Great Danes, but it's like literally a walk-in bathtub with a door. So I'm, I know where exactly that comes from. That comes from either, it's either Chip or Joanna or the hometown people. Because I remember my wife likes to watch that stuff. And that, that was part of the rehab of the house was they had to do the walk-in tub thing for their dogs, a kind of a mudroom concept. And just like the barn doors went crazy for a while. Barn doors are still crazy. Are they? Oh, they're, now they're colored. Or they're different shapes. They got, <laughs> uh, they got chevrons on them. They got all kinds of different stuff. You know where uh, the best place to get a barn door is? Window Depot. Go see what? Susie. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Ina and Thornydale. Go see Susie. I have to go see her today. I bought a barn door. No kidding. Not even, not even kidding. I'm going to see. I was supposed to go see her yesterday. <laughs> 
And we've got a client. We could, it, supply chain issues. Barn doors are out of stock in, in some of the major uh, distributors. And my clients want this one particular pattern, and I can't find it. So I'm going to go see Susie today and hope she can find me something that's useful. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Pretty Barn much. doors are on a supply chain problem. Uh, hey, you know, it is what it is. And I don't know if it's because of the material uh, or what, but yeah. If you want to uh, sell or rent your place or pick this man's brain on such things, you want to go to rvrto.com for Rincon Ventures Incorporated. Yep. There's some things we don't do. We don't do commercial real estate. We do commercial real estate. We don't do commercial rentals. Gotcha. So we'll do five plexes, 30 plexes. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll sell everything. All right. When we come back, uh, I'm going to ask Sean off air because how prepared we are. What, what, what's bothering him on the political front? And then we'll we'll go from everything. There. So, all right. Sounds like sounds like a tease. Oh, sounds like a tease Peter to me. Peter County GOP chairman, get ready. Oh no! Wake up, Tucson. Ten third of the voice. Local news and talk.